Hello and welcome to episode 109 of No Load Time. My name is Jovem Vales and with me is the most interesting man in the world, Joel Young. Yo, 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 it's good, No Load Time. Episode 109, I feel like that's been the, the wow uh, for us as we think about it. You mentioned it uh, before, before we got on air here for episode 109 already. Uh, I did a quick Instagram uh, live before we, we started on here and like dude i remember like yesterday our 100th episode it was a really good episode i recommend you guys go back and check it out if you you have it there's a nice fun recap of some of the best of moments or best of stories we covered it was some some big stuff time is flying dude october's halfway done thanksgiving is gonna be here before you know it yeah and then christmas and then before you and then after that the last of us and then oh wait before that final fantasy 7 remake and then the last of us and then Ghost of Tsushima question yeah. mark. And like, then sorry. and then the big guns. PS5. So time's flying. Joel, if you're waiting for next gen, for sure this next year is gonna fly by. But what's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. I just you listing off that stuff, bro, gets me so hyped and excited. Gives you the shills for it. Good heebie jeebies. I got the shills, bro. <laughs> oh, I love it. Hype, hype, hype uh yeah dude i'm doing good um i didn't do too much this uh since our last episode uh one of the things i did go out and do was see the gemini man uh you know the will smith movie the, oh boy. the clone will smith movie right how was and, that sir yeah so the, here's the thing that the reason why i really wanted to see the movie wasn't because it was like this crazy like oh it looks like it's a crazy good movie it was really just because uh, of me understanding the technicalities behind it. Ang Lee is a very uh, artistic director. And so he filmed this movie in a format that's not been done, which is uh, it was shot in 4K, 120 frames per second, and shot in 3D all at the same time. Now here's, now here's the thing. With, with you doing that, 120 frames per second is just like that's crazy off the clocks. But um, there's only 14 theaters in America. Polygon put an article out about this. 14 theaters in America that actually can, they, they can display it closest to the, to the actual uh, specifications that the director uh, filmed it in. Um, so uh, there was, um, I think the closest specification was 2K, uh, 120 frames per second, of course, 3D, and basically referred to as a high, for high, high frame rate uh, format. And uh, out of all the, the different 14 theaters, one of them was Disney Springs. Uh, their Dolby Cinema, brand new. It actually is able to display in that 120 frames, 2K, uh, 3D format, high frame rate. And they advertised it as such. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and use that because I have a nice AMC pass. Um, bro, the second like the movie starts and that frame rate kicks in, my eyes were like, uh, so this is crazy. Did you ever get a chance to watch The Hobbit? Yes. When it came uh, at 48. Yes. So, yeah, when the Hobbit came out, it came out at 48. And I thought that was crazy at the time. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. 48, 3D. And, and it was it was jarring, but it was cool. Yeah, so it was I cool just, it was different. It was different. Yeah, I mean, people hate it. It was like, oh, it looks stupid. It looks like a soap opera. And you can tell that those are sets. And, I mean, yeah, come on. But it looks like they're right there. It's crazy. Um, so that was pretty cool, in my yeah. opinion. So I can just imagine what 120 would be yeah it's ridiculous because it's and, and, and 120 but that 3d is really was actually really good because it was shot in 3d so it wasn't like converted so it looked yeah. really good um 
So visually, the whole movie is just beautiful if you're watching in this format. I think that kind of influenced my enjoyment of the movie because you have these incredible action sequences shot in this in this format, and you're like, this is crazy. Now, the movie itself is really not that special of a movie, in my opinion. Uh, it's nothing like, oh my goodness, and, and the meanings behind it and the story. All no, nah, it's a very basic movie that you you know you could probably watch on a Saturday or Sunday night, you know, just chilling on your television. But what influences the experience if you were to see it was to see it in that special format. Of course, that was only for the first weekend. Um, it didn't do very well, obviously, this opening weekend. Uh, not really much of a surprise. There really wasn't much hype going into it. I don't think it was promoted well at all. I mean, how many people know about this, yeah. the, the technicalities behind this movie? Like, only tech nerds like you and I actually pay attention to these kinds of things. Most of the average person just, like, they see a trailer in the movie theater, they see Ang Lee, and they see Will Smith, and they're like, eh, maybe, you know? Yeah, the thing is that I, I, I agree with you. The marketing on this movie was really weak. Uh, I saw this I didn't, first of all, I didn't know that this movie was coming out, so I saw the trailer, man, I want to say about two months ago was the first time that sure. I saw it. I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. I mean, uh, they're making, you know, young Will Smith, that's, like, the new thing, you know, new hot thing in movies now, making... Yeah. You know, aging actors look uh, look younger, so it looked interesting. It looked good from what I saw in the trailers, but I think I saw like one commercial on TV after that, which is super lame for a movie that Will Smith is starting on. Which is yeah, like Will Smith is you know still kind of a big deal. He brings people in in the movie theaters, of course. You know, I think Fat he helped Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Bad Boys Three is coming out, and I I know yeah. that that movie's gonna do well because you know, um, one nostalgia and two Will Smith. So I don't. Uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't know Ang Lee. See, for again, for example, I I just learned that Ang Lee was actually the director for this movie. I didn't know that. Um, very very artistic, very so, visionary in that. Yeah, that I, yeah. Ang Lee's his movies are are like that. Um, we saw his approach for the Hulk. The first Hulk movie that came out back yep. in what 2004 was that yeah. yeah yeah so we saw that and that was very interesting it was more of a drama more than anything and mm -hmm. you know it, it it worked and it didn't because because you do really want to see the Hulk you be the Hulk and and you saw it in certain parts yeah. and then you get to the ending of the movie and it goes crazy ugh. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, That's crazy. They could this movie could have done without 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 uh, that whole ending, you know, actual section. Like, I actually ended like, at the city. End, That's yeah, it. I can literally end the movie there, turn it off, and I'm okay. Ended at the city. Yeah, yeah. Ended at the city. That's it. It's okay. like, oh, movie ended. That's it. We're good to go. But holy crap, Joe. Um, yeah, I really like what he did with. Uh, we're 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 uh, we're actually like diverting here. Just go back and talk about the Hulk. Um, I really liked what he did when how he used the comic book panels to transition between sequences and that was pretty mm -hmm. cool that yep. was very that was no one was doing that at the time I think it was very artistic because mm -hmm. you know we're coming out of Spider-Man 2 at that point and uh, and X-Men 2 so you know it was very artistic very it was very different it was it was fresh but at the same time you know um I think Eric Bana was okay as Banner, yeah. so you know it wasn't it wasn't too great. But yeah, I didn't know that. So yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, and and I mean, you know, like that that was interesting. But again, like if you, you're not you're not gonna see it in that format, like because it's not in the theaters like that anymore. So if I'm gonna tell you, oh, you gotta go watch it in theaters, I'd I'd be lying to you. I don't think you need to go out and watch it in theaters. Go watch it on a Saturday at Redbox or Sunday or something. Rent it, rent it, and, and you'll and you'll be fine like that. You'll have a good time watching it in that way. Um, but yeah, if you were to watch it in theaters, you would have had to have done it this last weekend when it was in that ridiculously crazy good frame rate and 3D. Uh, I did also, um, I told you in last week's episode, I watched Batwoman. I'm like halfway through the first episode of Flash for the new, that's Flash Arrow for the new season. Um, I've heard great reviews about the return of this show. Uh, it's so far one of my watched. It's it's definitely, wow, it's like worth going back to actually how good okay. they've done on this. Um, I've been told that also the Flash also is pretty strong on this return. I'll see. I might go ahead and give that a chance and go back. Just see how that crossover the infinite earths and how they do that. Um, some really cool connective tissue there. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that that crossover coming up. I, Batwoman actually got a thirty percent drop off uh, from her second episode. Eesh. So uh, and, you know the first episode, like I told you, I watched it, but I don't have an intention of to continue watching the series. And that wasn't like a predetermined thing. That was like a, I'll watch and see how I feel. And I yeah. That, you know, I felt indifferent when I watched the trailers, and I feel the same way watching it like at home. It's like only because I'm like, oh, I'm interested. Uh, so yeah, you know, comic book stuff's back this coming Sunday. We've got uh, HBO's coming in with their Watchmen series, so I might try and give that a try. We'll so that actually, I saw I saw a trailer for that. Yeah. Then and, and you know how I feel about the movie. Yeah. We've talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Uh, I mean, I can put my flame shield up, but. You know, we've talked about it offline and, and you know yeah. how I feel about the, the Sex Snyder movie. I haven't seen the director's cut. Yeah. I have no interest in no interest <laughs> in watching it. That would that's that's you know enough with that. That's telling. Uh, that's telling. Yeah, I don't have to go through the entire story. Um, but I think this looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I this I think this looks actually more interesting than the actual movie itself. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that it's good. Uh, I don't have HBO, so I, you know, I'll catch it when I catch it, if I catch right. it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, from what I saw, it looks like well shot, it looks gritty, it looks good. So, um, you know, let's see, let's see how they do that. Absolutely, yeah. So, star, you know, superhero stuff is coming back on television. So you'll probably hear some more of my my t- take on that in what next upcoming weeks. Uh, uh, you know, what's up sections, but Obed. I'm curious. How are you doing, my friend? Doing anything fun? Doing good. Nothing too crazy. I went full into playing Astral Chain on the Switch. That is very good. It has a very extended intro, basically. Um, I had mentioned on the last episode that I played about an hour. So I played about another hour and that's when the intro actually ends um, because that's, that's when the game actually starts. You know, you get like a two hour intro to your character, to character and mechanics and all this stuff. And then, and then you start full on um, with the, with the game. I like it. I like it a lot, man. It's very different from other platinum games. Like it's not, it's not as hectic as Bayonetta is. It's not as, I'd say as mechanically or technically impressive as as Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, but it, it has it has a little bit of all of them, right? 
Um, it has a couple of like uh, a couple of sound effects, especially with the computer stuff that they used in near. And I was like, ah, I like that. That makes me happy. You know, I, you know, I, again, I, you know, you know how I feel about near automata and, and, and uh, that game is, is an absolute masterpiece. So, so they put a little, you know, a couple things here and there. And I, I really loved how they actually included mechanics from all of their games into this game. So this is like, yo, Nintendo gave us, gave us like a pile, a pile of money. What can we do with it? It's like, let's do everything. And, and they went ahead and did everything. Um, you know, cause it has shooting, which Vanquish has shooting, but sure. you know, not as, not as frantic and, and fast paced as, as uh, at least not yet. I mean, I'm wondering how that's going to get uh, as Vanquish, but you know, it has the, the trademark, um, you know, Dutch slowdown that games like Bayonetta and, and, and Vanquish and the Transformers Devastation and all these Platinum games have. Uh, so it has that. Um, it doesn't have a jump button, Joel, which is really interesting. Huh. So it's for an action game. It doesn't have a jump button. Um, they actually, it has a jump like mechanic, but not a jump button per se. Uh, because basically you used your legion, your legion basically, basically being the being that's with you, that's fighting like your, your stand from Jojo basically. So, so there's mechanics with that, that you would use to get from platform to platform instead of jumping, you would use your legion to move around in air. Um, combat's cool. Combos are good. Uh, the shooting's okay. Shooting's not great. Um, and it does have pretty good customization you can customize your uh you know you can pick between male female uh for the story you can customize your looks um i, I haven't unlocked a, a lot of stuff with that i just you know try to make it a, li a little bit different uh the one thing that i did just to make it different um was like i told my daughter I was like hey what color should i should i do my hair blue <laughs> so my dude has blue hair because she picked the blue she picked the blue hair so i'm gonna roll nice. with it um and, uh, it's good. It's good, man. I nice. I really like it. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I I wasn't expecting it to be what it is, because it's it's not only an action game. Um, it does have at least for now. Do you remember? Of course, you remember the uh, Batman detective mode from the Arkham games. I do. Yeah. So basically, you have like an like an AR device. Mm -hmm. Um, that you use in certain areas of the game, basically, because uh, you're technically like a police officer of sorts. Um, so you would go to an area and you would talk to people. It's like, oh yeah, I saw this thing and this thing happened. And you take notes, basically. It's like, oh, okay, this thing happened. And you basically keep taking notes. It's like, oh, I saw this thing flying around and it hit this thing, but I don't know what happened. So you would turn on that AR thing and you would see uh, like, bullet holes or something in a wall and you start investigating. It was like, Oh, it may, the bullet came from this direction. And then you go to that direction to investigate. So it kind of has that, that, and then, um, and then it has the, you know, otherworldly uh, interdimensional thing. And that's it. I like it. I like it. It's cool. So definitely worth it. I mean, I was, I was hesitant. It was like, man, it's a $60 game. I don't know how much I'm going to feel about a platinum game being $60. All the platinum games, of course, being great, but, uh, it's good because I heard the game's like 24 hours is pretty long. 
So uh, it's so far I'm really enjoying it. So we'll see. I heard it. There's like some really awesome moments. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but uh, first weekend without Battlefront in a long time. Cause That's I, crazy. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, hitting that game hard. I really like it, man. Um, um, also, I did see those previews that came out for Jedi Fallen Order. I know. I don't know if you got a chance to see those. I did. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm 98 percent sold. So I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I'll get it. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things like I'm, I'm almost get, I'm going to get it, but I'm 98% sold on the pre-order. That's fair. Um, it, that November is going to be rough because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be well into November with, uh, with Astral Chain. The Stranding copy reviews got out, Joel. Do you see that? Yes. Like, uh, re- I'm sorry, not copy reviews, but review copies got out. And Embargo is up November 1st. So they are confident that this game is going to be good. I mean, you and I already are too, but that's good yeah. to hear that confirmation. Yep. And the big thing, I mean, there's there's a few people that I follow that were really into Metal Gears and are, and are huge, huge Kojima nerds that I was like, I wish I could talk to you guys about this game. <laughs> so, and uh, I've seen other people, it's like, I'm like, five hours in and i don't know what the heck's happening here i don't know so it's interesting so uh, i'm curious to see where where those reviews are gonna land man i'm really excited for that game now more now that the sony is actually confident that you know they they basically the embargo is gonna be lifted a week before the game comes out you know giving me enough time to cancel my pre-order they're not gonna do that. So oh, they're yeah. they're they're confident. They're confident that this is gonna be great. So um yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. I didn't watch anything of of note. Um I know that um there yeah, yeah, no, I really watched I didn't really watch anything. I'm trying to go back <laughs> to see if I remember. Oh yeah, I did actually watch one thing. Uh <laughs> so um I recently learned that um jojo part three stardust crusaders had an ova back in the early 90s so huh. ova being being you know direct to video uh direct to video sort of mini series um i mean they're cramming they're cramming 30 some episodes into two and a half hours or you know almost three hours it's r- it's rough because you know you're when you watch part three anime it's like 32 episodes i think uh, you know, around 30 episodes for, for the first part and around 30 more for the second part. So they're cramming all, you know, 60-some episodes into five and a half hours. Uh, so it's rough. It's, it, it's, it's rough. But it's, it's good. I mean, it's, nice. it's, it's 90s anime. And the, what I found, it's early 90s anime. So the dub is questionable, as I've always said. It's like, these dubs are always like, oh, no, they're always flaky. Um, but it's it's interesting to see how they did um how they did it back then versus uh the Stardust Crusaders we got in 2013 14 whenever that came out so yeah it was interesting um yeah so that's basically what it did i'm i'm about halfway through it so um sorry ultraman oh yeah i started watching ultraman on netflix yeah it's not bad it's it's cg anime it's not great it's they're never good but yeah but this one's fun yeah but this one's it's it's actually okay i mean it's it's well written it's well written at least so 
Um, so not too bad. Joe, let's go ahead and start jumping into the topics for this week. First one being your buddy, Kevin Feige, getting a promo, man. He got yes, he promoted did. over at Disney. So um, he got promoted from, from president of Marvel Studios to Marvel Chief Creative of Creative Officer. So yes. he will now oversee the entirety of Marvel. How do you feel about that, man? Uh, this makes sense. Um, you know, there's been a, an understanding that uh, the way the world exists as it is now and the way uh, this brand exists today is that Look, people look first and foremost at the movies. Uh, they also look at the TV shows. They look at uh, video versions of these characters. And that's what they a lot of times base their understandings of characters off. As of today, you know, base their understandings of, of characters, storylines, etc. So to have that um, wonderful cohesion that we've seen from the Marvel Studios films, what they've had for like the last... 10 years you know uh, more now of course of these movies like having that consistency of look like every single one of these movies connected it's like a long-running tv show with the Jonas movies now we're gonna see that really come into play with uh the company as a whole we're talking about you know obviously uh you know the the, the television series being connected stronger you know before it was like you know, kind of connected, but Feige never really acknowledged them. It was more of the shows being like, look, that's my big brother. I think we're going to see more <laughs> so of like an actual consistency there. Of course, that, that, that's that been speculated. That was going to be the case with the Disney Plus stuff. Uh, but now with, look, even the stuff that's been rumored about coming to ABC and uh, there's supposed to be another show coming to ABC as, as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends. Um, like if those things do get greenlit, it's going to be greenlit by Feige. And it's also going to be under his uh, creative control, which we definitely will see significance. And then when you pair that into also the publications, it's like cool because guess what? When these guys are writing their comics, and I'm, I'm sure like there's a ridiculous amount of you know comics getting uh, worked on at a time, he'll at least have an understanding of, of where the art, art, where these guys are going, they'll have an understanding of where he's trying to go with uh, you know the cinematic side, and there'll be more parity between them. So, you know, this is not just a movie thing. There's not just a television thing. I think movie and TVs are the stuff that everyone keeps looking at. But it's even the published stuff, too, yeah. which is where all this, the heart of this stuff, he's going to keep the creative, the stories uh, being the same. And he's a great storyteller, you know, from, from his, his large vision and incorporating multiple talented people, multiple talented directors and, and, and actors working under him. So fascinating stuff. It's bigger than I think most people realize. Yeah, yeah. That promotion a couple <laughs> years ago I mentioned to you, where you know he had he he would pass a reporting to Ike, you know that was at that time basically if he didn't get that promotion he was talking about apparently leaving Marvel like that was like a legit like threat like I leave or you like change how things are done here interesting so he's getting his he's getting his stuff obviously we know about the Lucasfilm stuff we've talked about but uh, yeah he's getting his Infinity Stones yeah bro. he's collecting the stones man I I think it was uh it was overdue if if you ask me this guy has made uh, uh you know a fortune for disney since you know since disney acquired marvel um they definitely disney got their money out of the the they already have their money back out of the you know the marvel purchase for sure on this one and the good thing now joel is that i, I believe that we're probably going to get more cohesion between uh the 
what you know the MCU overall, which is of course their big money making machine, right? Um, and what's TV and what's Disney Plus, which to some extent we've seen some continuity, and we even saw, we even saw some continuity with the Netflix shows, um, but now that uh, that's gone and. There's again rumors that this shows may come back in some way or another. It you know in the near future. There's, there's rumors of Daredevil now in Black Widow. Oh, interesting! Yeah, uh, in dude. the movie. Yep. Interesting. Well, that would be great though. Yeah. I, again, I wish that movie's gonna I wish be something. I would've, you see, I, I I wish I would have seen you know Daredevil and and Luke Cage and and Iron, Iron, Iron Fist and. And uh, you know, an end game, and just doing something that would have been cool. You know, it's even if it was just for a few seconds, uh, that you know, that would have been nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm wondering. So we know we know he's gonna be fine with the MCU. We know he's gonna do well with TV, and uh, like you said, uh, the publication that's you know the, the the soul of the Marvel universe that's gonna continue on. I want to see what this is gonna do to Marvel Marvel licenses for video games, and how right and how gaming is gonna be treated. Is is he gonna listen to the fans and give us a true Marvel sequel? You know, Marvel's Capcom sequel. Hopefully, I would love. I would love. I would love for for him to say it's like, oh yeah, this is very popular. This was very popular back then. It's still very popular. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. You know what this what is this gonna mean for uh for the spider-man sequel that we're definitely gonna get and what's this gonna do for um for you know future projects to for the avengers uh uh game that's coming out from uh from square enix and future projects uh overall uh that that to me is the what's going to be the most interesting thing because we know that the MCU is in good hands. We know that uh, the Disney Plus stuff is in good hands. Uh, there, there's absolutely no issues there, and that's going to be all fine. So, um, so I'm wondering what the next big step is going to be uh, regarding licensing and and all this stuff. Are we going to be able to get, you know, Marvel two back in in the stores? Uh, you know, are we going to be able to? See, here's what I what I think because the I don't know I, I'm assuming you've seen that uh, there's an arcade one up coming out that's uh, Marvel superheroes and X Men Children of the Atom and the Punisher arcade games. Yeah, I mean that's that's hard, especially with the Punisher, which was never released. It was released on Genesis, right? Uh, but it was more of an obscure, you know, uh, sort of arcade game it wasn't like very very big i never saw big crowds around it um back in the day so actually marvel giving capcom the you know uh, the ability to license that product because this is the capcom developed product and and having it be available for people to buy yeah that speaks volumes in my opinion so i'm i'm optimistic about about what the future of Marvel licensing when it comes to games will be. And, you know, we'll know that MCU is in good hands. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to you segue into that, Ryan Reynolds, he went ahead and posted uh, that he auditioned for Anthony Stark. 
but uh, they he got escorted out of the building and taste. So, um, Joe, does this mean that Deadpool will be in the MCU? Which there's a, there's like a continuation to this story, but uh, first of all, what do you think of the tweet and and the, how it all came about first? Wonderful. I I, I was. I was it was like a cool like perfect timing kind of like just drop this random picture of you know you at Marvel Studios the Marvel offices whatever you know very clear large Marvel behind him he's he's dressed up for his meeting whatever that he's having there uh fun little caption but it's cool because that that's what's really uh fueled the Deadpool uh fandom and the Deadpool success has been Ryan Reynolds promoting it in a very unique and creative way, right? And seeing that he's basically doing that again still with this yep. is was really cool. And then, of course, comes up, comes to find out later on that uh, some of the actual the creative team behind uh, Deadpool have already been talking with Kevin Feige. Um, they're saying that yeah, they're still gonna keep it this rated R, which is a big thing for um, mm-hmm. for Marvel because obviously in general Marvel Studios has, has steered away from that. But- so I'm um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, man. So it's Disney, of course, now owning Fox. Will I'm assuming that the the brand 20th Century Fox will still exist, right? Kind of like I, what Merrimax and those yeah, I mean that's is. how I interpreted the not Merrimax anymore. But they yeah. weren't acquiring it and shutting it down. They were just acquiring it, and obviously, and making it to the to the Disney brand. Okay, um, I mean they can they can still release Deadpool two under under a Fox banner and not under you know a, a, a Disney banner. Deadpool three, yeah, or Deadpool three. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they could definitely yeah. do that. Yeah, and, and there have been other like. Disney properties that are not what you would think to be Disney that have kind of been like Disney oh, yeah. doesn't put their name across the front of it and it's like oh it comes to find out they actually are The Rock Disney. right right uh, yeah like The Rock is a Disney movie right so people would never guess that, that. you would never guess that this is Disney movie yeah um I I'm excited because oh, yeah. uh, I I you know other you know they they mentioned the movies right and the the Deadpool sequels but then they mentioned that yes. Deadpool will appear in in future MCU projects with cameos and the whatnot. So cool stuff. Yeah, Ryan uh, Reynolds doing his thing again. They they should do like the uh, a fourth wall breaking thing where uh, where he he cusses on on screen and he gets beeped. It was like and I was like, oh yeah, there's oh, ways around. I forgot it for I the, can't do those. this in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right, there are exactly there are ways around his rated R versus yeah. if they were to put him in a PG-13. Movie yeah, because the Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Because because they could just you know uh, just beep and bleep him out, and it was and he'd be like you know look at the camera. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot I can't do this in this movie. Yeah. That sort of thing, you know. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's acknowledging that he's not gonna you know be able to be the way you would in other movies. Yeah. Yeah, or or no killing, or it's like just like could take yeah. out his swords. It's like, wait, whoa, 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 what you we do? don't do that. You, know, here. you don't do that here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah do it, things like that. That'd be that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Um, you know, not not Ninja Turtles bad because um, no, I don't know if you ever noticed. Like, you watched the Ninja Turtles movies, right? At least one and two, right? Yeah. Um, like two uh, a little more. Uh so so a two. Uh, that's debatable. I think the first. They're both one, not that good, in my opinion. Uh the first one holds up really well, man. You should watch that movie again. I can provide. <laughs> so, um, 
in the first movie, the turtles use their weapons as they you they they used to do in the in the comics, right? This movie being more based out of the the comics versus For the sure. TV show because the TV show uh, was still being developed when the movie was filming. So, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, when we get to part two, instead of like the nunchucks, Michelangelo's just spinning sausages, or it's, yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you know, it's like it's it's super noticeable, you know. But yeah, they they can do stuff like that, and they can get away with it. It's it's gonna be silly, but it's Deadpool, so who cares, right? So. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the prospects for sure, man. Uh, Joel, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We will be right back, guys. We are back with the Batman, Joel. We got some big casting news this week, man. We we only got we got one at the beginning of the week, and that was pretty good. But then we got another one, so that was awesome. Uh, the first one being confirmed that Zoe Kravitz will be playing Catwoman. Um, let's go do that one first. How do you feel about that? Because I feel pretty good. Yeah, same. Um, you know, Catwoman has been rumored for this movie for a while. It's been a while since we've seen uh, Catwoman. Of course, Dark Knight uh, Rises the last time we saw Catwoman. But uh, it's, I think it's 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 due good timing to to have this kind of character in in a movie, and it's interesting that they're getting an actress of of color, you know. So it's gonna be another different different Pause. portrayal again. Pause, because I you know you gotta remember Eartha Kitt from yes. the original, no, not yes. from the '60s Batman series, yes. um, and I can't remember those two actresses. It was yes. Eartha Kitt. She became more popular because she was already popular. Um, but there's another actress uh, that was of color too that played Catwoman. Well, Halle Berry also, uh, you know, technically I don't like to acknowledge that. But oh my God, Joel, that, I forgot that about that. Yep, I, was, that's I, where I forgot I was going. about yeah, that. But, Holy crap. I'm sorry I brought back the nightmare. Um, dude, I'm um, not going to be able to sleep tonight. It's like a, Ooh, right, it's it's muscle relaxants and painkillers for me, man. <laughs> oh, that's good. Thanks, dude. Oh. No, and that's my point being is like you know, and she's them choosing this this uh this this type of actress to portray. It's like it's nothing new. Like so, people, you know, no one has seems yeah. to be upset about it. Everyone seems to be happy. But you know, if anyone's like, oh, they're changing things, like not really, actually. Mm. It's just it's it's you know, it's been done before. It's not like this is yeah. anything new. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, or I like the choice. Time. I like yeah. the choice though. And yeah. and her talent is is pretty solid. Uh, she, she's on a show. I think it was a Big Little Lies. I think they said right now. Obviously, done things like Hunger Games and stuff like that. Not a great example. Uh, she think, did uh, um, First Class, man. Excellent. First Class. That's yeah. yep. That was the one that I was looking for, which I really like. First Class. That's, yeah, she was that, angel. That was a great way. Yeah, she was good. She was good. She was good in First Class. Um, yeah. I, I didn't like what. I, of course, you know they they. All these guys from first class are never back. Uh, yeah. Most of them except Havoc and then R.I.P. Havoc. Um, so I, I like the choice. It's a good choice, man. I think it's a solid, solid choice. So sure. uh, interested in that. Uh, the second one being that, uh, is it Paul Dano? Yes. Um, he will be playing the Riddler. And it is confirmed that this was the role that Jonah Hill was rumored to be in, and and I guess he declined it based on what I heard. Uh, and then Paul Dano, which uh, I'm not very familiar with him, Joel, 
um, was casted as the Riddler. But what do you think? He looks the part, though. Yeah, he definitely looks the part. Um, I I saw that uh, you know that that most of the movies that he's been in, I've seen a few of them. Uh, looking at his 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 history, but what you need to understand is that he does not do um a, a typical action films. Uh, he doesn't. He mostly does more movies you consider to be a little more on the artistic side. We're talking Twelve Years a Slave, Looper, Prisoners, um, those types of movies. So, uh, you know, for him to take on this role, obviously Matt Reeves seemed to be taking this stuff very seriously. But um, it's really interesting that you know you would pick an actor like this to portray such a a a a, a character that people um, may only think of the 1995 Jim Carrey impersonation which oh but did you like that did you like that that one for this time i mean it was you know it's a different time what were your thoughts of that um i i liked him Uh, that movie the only thing that i really didn't like about that movie was uh was two-face uh hated hated tom lee jones um it is no secret that he hated jim carrey and that had to play a lot into the movie they did not get along at all uh during filming so i think it was Again, Jim Carrey back then was like really over the top with his comedy and and he was known for for his type of comedy. And, and this is 100 percent Jim Carrey in that movie. Uh, also, Joel Schumacher is, you know, very hit and miss director. So right. um, so, I, I you know, the I overall wasn't phenomenal, but the movie itself is entertaining. OK. It's not like Batman and Robin. Like Batman, Robin and Robin, I consider to be almost unwatchable yeah, to some degree. Yeah. But but at least this one's entertaining. I remember going to see the movie, this movie in the movie theater with my gotcha. high school friends. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so it's been a while though since we've seen them yeah. on the big screen. And, it's overdue. Uh, it's overdue. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I you know what? It's it's okay. Jonah Hill pass. I would have liked to have seen him, but. There, you know, get another actor that seems to be he's doing a dramatic role. We'll take this serious. Looks like they're gonna take a more serious approach, Obed. And I think these movies are gonna be a lot more uh, dark and, and, and a lot more serious, like grounded, but, yeah, and grounded, but still in uh, the Gotham we know. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the stuff that DC is doing because they they finally realized that they can't be MCU. They can't. Well, they, they, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they they put a Joker out, and that's incredible. Like you know the the amount of acclaim that that movie's gotten this year. So I'm I'm happy that they're in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think they you know by doing their own separate thing, you know, not they don't they don't they don't need to have a cohesive universe. They can just do whatever, uh, like what they do with the animated movies. You know, they do whatever. They don't they don't follow a sequence. They don't. They're not on the same universe. They if they do that, if they take that approach that they do, they, they have with the animated side of things over at DC and apply that to, uh, to their films. I think that's a great idea because you know, they don't have, they don't have this one's released to release this one. No, just release it. Still yeah, it. for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that's that, that will eventually work out way better. Um, you know, you can still release sequels. You know, you can release a sequel to Shazam and Wonder Woman, of course, is coming out. But, um, but you know, you can just do the do your own thing. You can you can continue that right and still do different stuff. Uh, and I like that approach. So, yeah, Jill, a little bit of 
a PS5 sort of rumor slash update that has been uh, going around this week. And um, one thing, oh, real quick before I forget, because we did not talk about it last week. Um, there were, there were, uh, you know, I believe it was a couple dozen people that got laid off at uh, Sony Entertainment, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe. So Europe's having a shakeup too, man. Uh, these guys are restructuring. They're, got, they're, they're ramping up for, for next wow. gen. It's it's interesting because it looks like this is a, a full redo of uh, of you know uh, the the um, basically their their uh, business structure. So we'll see how that that goes. But uh, there was one some specs released, um, and then uh, there were some other rumors regarding backwards compatibility. Uh, so just to go over the specs, and this is very uh, similar to uh, some of the specs that we've already seen. Um, the uh, uh, rumor is that the uh, PlayStation Five will have a, a, a Navi GP, uh, Navi GPU Zen two eight core sixteen thread CPU, um, which is comparable to I believe Horizon Five and. Uh, I think it's an RX fifty seven hundred from AMD. That I mean, don't quote me on that, but I believe that's the that's the card that gets closer to the specs. Uh, sources are saying that this would be a December twenty twenty release. Um, you need to release before Black Friday, man. You gotta, yeah. Yeah. you gotta. Unless you're waiting for for parts, uh, you gotta release Black Friday. I mean, even if it's, dude, releasing a new console in December, that's like super mean. It's Christmas time. Let people yeah. enjoy Christmas. Who cares about Thanksgiving? Don't, don't ruin people's Christmas. No. Um, but I think, I think releasing December may not be, may not be great, but it doesn't matter because it's the new yeah. gen, so they're still going to sell. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, the SSD excuse me, supposedly is based off a PCIe 4.0 ultra-fast connection. It will support 4K 120 hertz TVs. Excuse me, ray tracing enabled. 8K graphics support will be probably video and not gaming. Again, I've mentioned this in in the podcast before. If you are expecting this thing to do native 8K graphics, you're not you're not gonna get them. You're gonna uh, this thing's probably gonna run at five frames a second if you do that. So you're probably not gonna get this. Uh, and definitely, it's gonna be like video content, and uh, more than likely, we'll have some upscaling uh, built in. Uh, you were gonna say something. I'm sorry. No, you're good. All right, cool. Um, of course, backwards compatible with PS4. Uh, they uh, they will be. You know, games will be different SKUs that were released in uh, what they're calling BDXL, Blu-ray discs, which is the 100 gig, basically 4K uh, discs, and um, the new controller with extensive haptic and tactile feedback. So those are the spec rumors. That looks very much like the uh, rumors that we've talked about in the past. 
Um, so this is pretty consistent with what we heard. Um, any thoughts on this, man? Uh, sounds good. Makes sense. All things that uh, were to be expected and were predicted beforehand for the most part, no surprises in a negative or a, a, you know, positive either. Pretty, pretty straight to the point what we expect for next gen, I think. Um, yeah, I, I like your point about the AK stuff, man, is on point because like, yeah, it's cool and all that. And, and I'm sure that they'll have uh, some upscaling potential coming in the future. But like that technology is so far in advance. No one has those kinds of TVs. Like it's just not something to be worried about today. Um, so they're really focused on, you know, what's going to be on the market and, and what's going to run well. And, and I think that's, that's fair. I mean, it's going to, it's going to look good. I can't wait to see what these things look like running yeah. on these specs, what these games will look like. I can't wait to play PS4 games on this thing. I know. Cause even just that upscaling like, already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like God of War and, you know, oh, wow. Kingdom Hearts three, that looks really nice. And Horizon. And yeah, Horizon's still like the best looking game ever, man. In my opinion, yeah. this game's great. Um, Devil May Cry 5 looks it just Devil May Cry 5 looks freaking awesome on a base PS4. PS4. I can just imagine like ray tracing and all this stuff applied if the if it's get if it gets patched. Um, so that would be that would be pretty amazing. Um, the other big big rumor that we're getting, and this is coming from a well-known PlayStation PlayStation insider, um, and he goes by PS Erebus on Twitter. And um, basically, he posted or he tweeted basically uh, saying that you sh- we should not dispose or trade in PS1, PS2, PS3, or PS4 games. Hmm, there's a reason. There's a reason. So now speculation is that this thing will be fully backwards compatible with the entirety of the PlayStation library. I am still not 100% sold on that, but yeah. if it's true, it will be a big deal. Um, you know, there's millions of PS2 games out there. Uh, there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of, of PS3 discs out there. You know, PS1 games too, you know, they're getting harder to, to come by in, in good condition, but they're still out there. So yeah. big thing, man. I think this is a, this, this to me is a big deal. I've been wanting to play Metal Gear Solid 4, but I, I just don't wanna I just don't wanna play it on, on the PS3. It just that game runs really like not great. So um but I wanna play it again. And you know, I have my PS3 here in this room in this setup. Uh the PS4 is in the living room. I don't wanna have to come here and you know, plug in my stuff and yeah, and 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 be in this room. I want to, you know, be in the couch. Although I have a a more, uh, we've got a new couch, and, and I don't find it comfortable, Joe. It's like like the old one, but I like the old one better. Um, yeah, but I I do have a nice chair here. Um, that that's pretty comfortable, so I have no issues with uh with gaming in this room. It's just you know a little bit of a, a preference there. Um, but yeah, I think that if this is true and you would have access to your old library of games if not only your discs right but if you can re-download your ps3 games games that you got on psn uh on p on playstation plus yeah you know that entire library if that's the case bro insane that would be insane yeah man that again not a day one buy for me 
no new Metal Gear. <laughs> but if Sony is gut, it's gutsy enough and pull it out somehow, I'm there, man. Goodbye, goodbye, Best Buy Visa. It's like it's gonna get get swiped. <laughs> so so we'll see, we'll see, man. Uh, again, this is all rumor, this is speculation. So. Even if it just plays like PS3 games, dude, from the backwards compatibility yeah, yeah. standpoint, even even if it just did PS4, PS3, like that already for me would be a pretty pleasant surprise. Uh, we oh, talked absolutely. about it in extent in our last episode, like where we were talking all PS5 stuff and like backwards compatibility is not the number one thing for you and I. We're looking mm. at the future, not the past. Um, so for those that do those polls and say that that's their number one feature, it's kind of strange. But um it's still something that's accepted. It's something that would be welcomed. It's something that would be cool to have. So a PS4 backwards compatibility, cool. PS3 backwards compatibility, cooler. You go all the way. I still got my games, dude. They're all sitting here. So yeah, I still have mine too. I, I would be PS1 games sitting right there, dropping my old Crash Bandicoot, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I got. I. I think I've only. I only got rid of two of my PS3 games. Uh, and it was because I sold my fat backwards compatible PS3, right? And I just sold it with those games, and then got a slim, right? Um, but I I did not uh, trade any any games in at all for PS3. I kept them all, uh, even the ones I didn't like that much. So uh, PS2, unfortunately, I, I did get rid of a lot of those. You know that moment sure. in time where you need money, right? So yeah. So um GameStop was stealing your money on those trade-ins. Yeah, EB Games back then, because I think <laughs> it was games, still it was yeah. still EB Games. Uh <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean it, it would be great to have. Uh, amazing. Um again, uh like what you said, we're looking towards the future, we're not looking to the past, but it would be a great thing to have, you know, convenience-wise, where um if I want to uh you know, take the just leave the PS5 in the living room, bring the PS4 here, and just keep doing PS4 gaming. Uh, at this room, you know, in this room, I, I can do that. So, sure. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh, Joel, the last bit of news that I have here is that Analog, the makers of the Analog NT, the Super NT, and the Mega SG, uh, being the NT, being a uh, an NES compatible device uh super nt being a super nes compatible device and the mega sg being a sega genesis uh compatible retro console um it they're coming out with a new handheld version of their um uh of their systems uh which uh they are calling the analog the analog pocket and again, this is uh, this will not play games via emulation. This is an FPGA, uh, so basically, this is a programmable board that they can uh, program to act as if the board itself is the console. Um, so this does not emulate games. Um, this is pretty freaking awesome, Joel. Because you can play Game Boy game, Game Boy Color, Game Boy games, Game Boy Color games, and GBA. Um, yeah, and there's uh, supposed to be uh, that you will have the ability to run other games via adapter like Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket, and Atari Lynx. Uh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> By far. 
Yeah, this is uh, launched in 2020, $200 is expensive, but if you have an extensive library of Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games, uh, this is a must get. Like for real, you must get this because um, it looks like the, the form factor looks just like a Game Boy and it's, it's really cool. So it looks pretty amazing. Um, the, uh, it's a high resolution screen. So this is a 1600 by 1440, uh, three and a half inch screen. Uh, there's also, you know, other things in development, like a, a music synthesizer and, um, you know, other, other add-ons, uh, Joe, this is, this is really cool, man. It's really cool. Um, if, if I, if I would be like an on the go sort of gamer, um, and if I still had my Game Boy games, I have a few Game Boy Advance games, yep. but you know, I, the one I really cared about was, uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3, which I have on the Vita. Uh, and it's a much superior version. Um, I would, I would definitely go for one of these things because um, it, it just looks awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, it, you know, the pricing, I'm not a fan of. Just be straightforward. Like, it's not outrageous yeah. or anything. Analog is usually like, expensive. Yeah, with their and it stuff. Make, yeah, exactly. Like, it makes sense for what they're, what they're creating. Like, what they're doing here. It's, it's some limited stuff. I understand that. Um, but but I'm not still like you know as a consumer like it it that does kind of turn me off maybe from getting it, um, but I do think it's a really cool uh, cool idea you know with all the retro stuff coming back uh, more popular than ever bringing back uh, Game Boy here and in a new way um, it's I'm here for this like I'm totally totally a fan of this still some of my GBA games still some of my Game Boy uh, games um, so yeah I'm I'm cool I think it's really cool um, I. I am though uh, interested to see how the market responds to it because, you know, like definitely like there's some people that from a nostalgia, like a kid standpoint, like, Oh, I was, I was, you know, this age when I was playing it, they, they may be taking notice of this or it might just be something that's like, you know, what uh, tech games have gone such a far away. Even handhelds have come such a far away. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the, uh, the thing that concerns me is that this is $200. Um, yeah. You can buy a Game Boy Advance SP on eBay for you know fifty bucks or something, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so that's it's 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 a concern when it comes to the price. Of course, this is new hardware. You don't have to uh, worry about capacitors going bad or or this sort of sure. stuff. So you know, it's a much higher resolution screen. It, there are there are some concerns for sure. Um, I, I think it's super cool. But at the same time, you can buy a modded Game Boy Advance with like a you know nice screen, uh, an amped speaker, and and all this stuff. Um, you can buy it online for cheaper. Um, but it looks it just uh, it just really it looks modern. It looks sleek. Uh, there's plenty of places that you can buy GBA and Game Boy games. You know we got plenty of retro you know shops locally yeah. that we can just go in buy a Game Boy game. Um, so that's that's the cool part about it. But you know. Um, it, it is it is a little bit expensive. I, I agree with you. You know, um, you can buy a, a Switch Lite for the price of this device if you think about it. Um, so, um, just you know, you you can put it in perspective, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, nonetheless, it's a it's a it's a cool piece of hardware that it's, it's going to be released next year. So, um, you know, it's something that we just wanted to talk about. So, yeah, yo. That is what we got, sir. Uh, before we plug us in, 
there you may have noticed if you watched the YouTube version of the show that the last episode wasn't posted. Joel and I are, are trying to work out a, a plan for our YouTube channel that is just not the podcast. Um, so um, I will be posting those episodes uh, at a later time, um, but we're evaluating on how to better use uh, that space uh, with more, I guess, compelling content. So, sure. Uh, so yeah, that, there's that. And uh, go ahead and plug us in, man. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to watch us here on and listen to us here on No Load Time. Uh, we are really appreciative for you guys sticking to, staying tuned and, and subscribing to our show. So make sure you're a subscriber if you aren't already uh, on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Find No Load Time on those, those platforms. In addition, we also want to invite you to stay connected via our social media. Go and follow at No Load Time on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. We also invite you to send feedback, questions, comments, some stuff we could discuss here on the show. Send an email to noloadtime at gmail.com. That's noloadtime at gmail.com. Thank you so much again, guys. We look forward to talking with you guys on episode 110. 110. Thank you, guys. We'll see you again next time.